0: Angie's List is now Angie, A-N-G-I, the nation's largest home services marketplace. And they're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project is, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done. Well, that's what you want, right? I'm uh, thinking about building out my basement in my cabin. I've been perusing Angie looking for just the right contractor to get it done the way my wife and I want it done. Now, Angie can help you find the best price for your project. Angie lets you request and compare quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and right in your neighborhood. That's important, right? You can do comparative shopping. Get started today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today. The app and the website are free to use. Angie.com or the Angie app. Go check it out today. Hello, America, and happy Saturday. You're asking, why is John Solomon talking to me on Saturday? We doesn't do a a Saturday podcast, and that is true. I plead guilty to that. This is a special one. This past week, I had an extraordinary opportunity to talk to Ward Connolly, a really talented, big thinker, a leader in the civil rights movement, the leader in the movement to create equality, and to get America beyond its past racial grievances to an era where we look at people's opportunity first. We look at the character of the person inside and we're not judging or playing the race card and making decisions based on one's skin color, like critical race theory has begun to infect our children to think. Ward Connerly is one of the giants of the last 60 years of civil rights. He's written great books. He was a regent at the University of California that helped move the university system beyond its affirmative action planning and history to something that was more modern. And now the United States Supreme Court is going to decide the fate and the future of affirmative action in universities nationwide in a landmark case that is likely to come out this summer. We're going to talk to Ward about all of that. It's a great addition. So excited. join now at amac.us/justnews that's amac.us/justnews all right folks welcome back from the commercial break as promised a very special guest you've read his books you've seen his work as the founder and president of the American Civil Rights Institute. He is one of the most cogent voices on race in America, on equality in America, on common sense in America. Joining me right now is Ward Connolly. Ward, great to have you on the show.
1: John, it is my pleasure to be with you. I'm a real fan of yours.
0: Oh, thank you, and, and my, I of you as well. You've done such amazing work, and if ever we needed a, uh, a sense of common sense in the debate in America today, it's this moment when you look at how race has become weaponized in the last maybe two to three years, what do you think about that? I mean, wh- where? How, how did we get to this point?
1: Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, when I was born in 1939, many, many moons ago, there was a C on my birth certificate placed there by the great state of Louisiana. And uh, that C not for Connerly, it stood for Colored. Wow. That was an assignment made by the government uh, of what they thought my life should be and to dictate all of the terms of my life. And I have been working diligently for my 82 years on this side of the soil, John, to erase that sea, not because I care about that sea, but I think that to consign anyone to a certain station in life is not only wrong morally, but it violates the God-given rights that we have. Right. And the, 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 the thing that I love about my country is that you're not, you're not given an assignment that is irrevocable. You have a chance to improve your lot in life. And I have sought to do that. But over the years, the progressive ideology has taken over. And with progressives, everything is up for grabs. You're constantly in a state of change. And with regard to race, when you involve change from the very basic principles of the country, you're inviting chaos.
0: And that's where we are right now. It is a chaos, isn't it? And also, it's the word that Saul Linsky and some of the great progressive thinkers wanted to get to. We wanted to create chaos so we could slip these ideas past us. When you look at Virginia and the way that Glenn Youngkin ran running against CRT, running uh, uh, for economic opportunity, uh, that your skin color doesn't predetermine your economic success, your access to opportunity determines it. Uh, You look at what happened in that state. Is there a model for conservative and center America to follow there? And is there a warning sign for the left in what happened in Virginia?
1: There's a huge warning sign for the left. But I think that the more significant warning sign is what happened in the city and county of San Francisco yeah. when when the people there re- recalled the, the Board of Education in that city, um, because that seemed to me to signal um, awareness and engagement on the part of people who typically stay out of the process Some of the new Americans, uh, particularly those of Chinese descent, over the last three years have become increasingly engaged. They became engaged in the state of Washington when Linda Yang, a citizen, led the effort to overturn an initiative passed by the Washington legislature that would have overturned an initiative that i was involved in uh, like california's 209 linda led the effort to put a referendum on the ballot and and we succeeded amazing And, and following up with that proposition 16 in california passed by the legislature which would have overturned prop 209 We've defeated that largely with the energy, the financing of people of Chinese descent, Americans of Chinese descent. So the real hopeful sign to me, John, is the involvement in this new constituency uh, who have chosen to get involved, Americans of Chinese descent they're 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 taking this seriously the the participation in their government and man oh man they are coming out with a vengeance to demonstrate their interest in their government and their society yeah
0: it's an amazing demographic shift that we're seeing in politics i think the nbc's um Post twenty twenty exit poll, when they go back and look at things after the heat of the election, they they saw this continuation of African Americans still heavily Democrat, but continuing to leave the Democratic Party. Uh, Asian Americans beginning to tip into the Republican Conservative Party a little bit. Hispanics, uh, particularly in twenty twenty one in the race in Virginia, moved substantially. Is the Democratic Party in danger of losing the core constituencies that made it its party for the last 30, 40, 50 years?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I hope that doesn't sound like a partisan right. bravado on my part, uh, because I really try to steer clear of you a, do strict partisanship. But I think the Democrat Party is in real, real trouble, as is the Republican Party. But the Republican Party is more afflicted with internal squabbles, rather than the ideology of the party. The party is pretty sound uh, ideologically, but they're squabbling over who's a rhino and who's not a rhino and all of that nonsense. Uh, As Reagan said, the person who supports me 80% of the time is my friend and not my enemy. And we... Those of us who are involved in this process somehow seem to forget that. But to answer your question, I think that Democrats are really in trouble uh, in terms of what they represent uh, because they've been hijacked by the far-left wing of the party uh, that doesn't stand for anything. They're just, quote, progressing all the time. (laughs) And that is something that we have to deal with.
0: Yeah, you're right about that. As a country. It is. It's always shifting. It's To say it's on sand is uh, is almost an understatement. You spent a big part of your life, particularly on the California uh, University of California Regents, working on race-based admissions and trying to move us into the 21st century. Seeing the Supreme Court take up two admission policies this term, how important is that and what do you expect to happen?
1: It is crucial. And I have been urging a lot of people who are, quote, black and conservative to file a class action brief. Um, I will happily join it. And the question of standing comes up. But who, who has better standing than the people who are affected by all this? And affirmative action is something that that is not only morally wrong in my view, but it's poisonous. Uh, Again, when I was born, John, that that C was a note of inferiority. Right. And for all of my life, uh, black people have been demonstrating that we're not inferior. Um, And we want to erase that stigma. Affirmative action propagates the very stigma that it seeks to overcome. Uh, When people are presumed to be inferior and you give them a program that is supposed to overcome the discrimination, you're just feeding into the notion of inferiority. And as you look around our society uh, at TV commercials and You see the Oprah Winfrey's and the Morgan Freeman's and the Denzel Washingtons. Black people don't need any handout. They don't need any uh, any gimmies from society. They should be able to participate and compete alongside everybody else and win their share of the benefits that society has to offer. So affirmative action, in my view, needs to be gotten rid of. I think that the cards are on the table right now to do it. And the only thing that could, in my view, prevent that from happening is, as happened the last time when the court took this up, you had uh, a lot of big-name people like Colin Powell and others who praised affirmative action, and I'm sure that that was persuasive to the court. Well, things have changed now. Uh, Not only have circumstances changed, but the politics of the court have changed, and a nudge from the people who are most affected by this, who are black, would go a long way. And, and, and so I'm trying to uh, corral a group of people who are aligned with me in the Melanin Caucus, as I call it, <laughs> to ask the court to pull the plug on this. It's time. Yeah. It's time.
0: It is an amazing, amazing dynamic to watch. And I think this is going to be one of the most historic Supreme Court sessions in history with the abortion ruling and uh, the uh, College Affirmative Action. They're two, two major, potentially groundbreaking changes. Um, I want to ask you about the portrayal of uh, African-American leaders who are conservative and the way the media uh constantly pillories them you've seen it uh, uh you know every person that i can imagine that's ever stepped forward and said i'm conservative and black seems to get this remarkable uh uh unfair treatment almost caricature in fact you can almost predict what it's going to be like when the media starts picking at it how troubling how is that to you and is there a moment for the media to inflect and in just how stereotypical they've become
1: there was a moment a long time ago for the media to Realize what they were doing to us, um, but that didn't happen. And I don't, I don't, I don't quarrel a lot about it. It's just yeah, what it is. Right. You learn to accept it. Yeah. I accept it and move on. But it is a major factor when you have the word being broadcast across the airwaves that this guy is doing the bidding of. White racist and uh, and and is not genuine in in his beliefs. I mean all that stuff hurt yeah. but frankly, the damage is more personal of a personal nature than it is to the cause. I think that if you just if you just strip away the personal side of it, the American people understand this. And they agree with the position that that I hold uh, as evidenced by the fact that in nine different states, nine states, John, when we've gone before the people and asked for their support and their commitment to equality, eight out of nine, only Colorado uh, being the stray one here, eight out of nine have sided with me, sided with us, on this issue it's amazing and and so i think that that the people they get it they 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 understand what the media is all about of all the things that donald trump did uh some of which were not i'm not fan a fan of sure but of all the things he really really did put a light on the media and the fakeness of their coverage of issues.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt, and it's, uh, it continues to reverberate to this day. I think the pandemic, all the different things we've been through the last couple of years has only exacerbated the, uh, the underlying story about, uh, about the traditional media. They, they've abandoned their principles of neutrality. It's hurting the country, there's no doubt. Um, <clears throat> when I look into the data, in in uh, I do a lot of polling and research and I love to dig into it. Uh, it seems as though there's a generational shift going on that those who uh, those in black america that you know grew up in the civil rights era and had a fight for everything that this country uh, had to go through to make the progress it did still hold on to some of the legacies and but some of the younger uh, African-American adults now seem to be straying more towards something you've always preached about, which is economic progress, economic opportunity, uh, creating better opportunities in our communities. Is there a generational tension going on? Is there a generational shift going on that maybe the media is missing?
1: Yes, yes. You are so well uh, researched on that because the the icons of my day – were the Jesse Jacksons and the Al Sharpton civil rights, in quotes, which belong to all of us, but civil rights were a monopoly for black people. And leadership came from the civil rights movement, the the March for Equality. Well, we won that fight. We said we shall overcome, and we did overcome it as a nation. Now the issue is, Individual rights, individual success, uh, merit—all uh, of those things have now come to the fore, as evidenced by this generation of of people. Many of them on the internet, uh, the David Harris and Candace Owens, people who are some of them despised within the ranks of Black America. But these are people who are leading the way, and they are really the voice of the future. Economics, civic engagement, making a difference in areas other than civil rights. They couldn't care less about civil rights. What they care about is, a, is political process and the quality of life, and that's the way it should be. Um when Dr. King said at the end of his I Have a Dream speech, free at last, free at last, some of us didn't get the message that with freedom, there is an obligation, a responsibility to pursue your happiness within the framework of what this country provides. But it's based on competition. And a lot of our problems right now are based on the failure of people to take advantage of the opportunities that are there. The young people understand that. I don't want to sound like an old fogey here, but they they understand
0: it. They do. And they are leading the way. It's an amazing moment to think that maybe this conversation is going to shift with the, the current generation coming up through the ranks right now because it – uh, it. Uh, you just see it in the data. You see it in the desire to have more entrepreneurialism, to have more innovation, to have more uh, economic uh, renovation or uh, stimulus in communities that have been uh, unable to achieve it for so long. And it seems like that moment, the moment you've been talking about for so long is is there and i think the passing if the court were to decide that affirmative action is no longer necessary or illegal or uh, inappropriate it seems as though it takes one thing off the board and maybe forces us to look at where you've been trying to focus the country for a long time as you look out over the next 12 months and we're going to have continued strife we've got economic strife we've got (laughs) global strife what are the most important things to advance America that you see on the horizon for us? What are, what are the benchmarks we should be looking to succeed at in the next 12 months?
1: A sense of community. We need to get to the point where, where the progressive is not my enemy. Democrats are not my enemy. Uh, we have things in common. And the, the real point that I... Want to stress with these new Americans of Chinese descent, they're Americans. Uh, is is the sense of community and and how we should all be working together? People are not defined in in California and elsewhere by whether they are Republicans or Democrats. We're defined by our desire to be treated with respect regardless of how well we speak the English language. Uh, we want safe neighborhoods and safety in our homes where people are who are going into people's homes and threatening them and killing them, raping women. Um, but we need to find that general narrative that we can all sign off on. We want to be treated as equals. We want safe and secure communities. We want our kids to be educated, not indoctrinated. And we want an expanding economy. Uh, And I think that is a narrative that most of us can embrace. If there is somebody far better capable than I of articulating that, We can get behind it, and people will get behind it, and we can rally the American spirit and bring in black people. Conservatives will buy off on it. Uh, The far left of the progressives, the squad, they're not going to sign off, but hope springs eternal. And I know that we outnumber them, John. I know that we outnumber them. And that's what i that's what I'm blathering about. We have to find a new sense of community of what we all have at stake in all of this. I mean, society is really poised on the ledge here and it's easy to overstate these things in the political process, but I don't think I am. Things are in real trouble in our country. They are. And the first way to the first thing is to realize when you're in trouble that you are in trouble, and that will cause us to deal with it.
0: Yep, acknowledging where we are is definitely the starting point, and then getting back to that civility. I, I was thinking when you were telling uh, uh, talking about even the problems in the Republican Party, which I think are just as grievous as those in the Democratic Party. I, I got to interview George H. W. Bush at the very end of his life, and. I asked him, what was the best piece of advice that Ronald Reagan gave to him? And he said, one day right after they had agreed to be a ticket and gotten over their 1980 fight, Ronald Reagan looked over to George and said, George, if you ever pull a pin in our foxhole, for God's sakes, throw it on the other guys. And the point was, (laughs) don't destroy your own. (laughs) And I laughed at that, but we're at a moment now where... Uh, we're fighting with everybody, we're, and, and uh, there's more in America that unites us. And I think, you know, I look back at the book. I, one of my favorite books that you wrote is My Uncle James, Beyond Skin Color to the Content of Our Character. The, the story of how you always saw civility as an opportunity, the story that uh, you always saw opportunity, not uh, roadblocks in, in the opportunity ahead of you. I think that we gotta get that lesson back in America. We're too busy fighting and we're forgetting about all the amazing things that sit in front of us. Your voice is so important to that word, Conley. You've been a r you're just such a remarkable voice at lifting this America up and getting our eyes on the horizon and I think we need that moment again, don't you?
1: I do. Well, thank you for the kind words, John. I you mentioned the late President George W. Bush. George Bush. Yep. I was in uh the state of Florida uh, pushing my efforts and I was disappointed with the response I was getting from Jeb Bush Uh and I penned off a note expressing my displeasure and I got back a note from Bush coming to the defense of his son and he slapped me around a little bit by saying <laughs> that <laughs> that he's a good man and uh and so I that was a moment that I regretted on my part uh because I wasn't as genteel as I like to be. But we have to bring back that that sense of community, that sense of this is a friendly competition. I'm gonna beat you because I think I'm right. Right. But you're not my enemy.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to destroy you in the process of trying to beat you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ward, you have been a living example of that philosophy, and all that you've worked for is really coming to fruition at this moment. These big cases in the Supreme Court are going to be amazing to watch, and I'm just so grateful that you were able to spend the time with us today, and uh, we look forward to get you back on the show again.
1: John, it's my pleasure. uh, I've looked forward to being on your show, so. Thank you very
0: much. Well, we're going to get you back on again. Our audience needs to hear from you often. So God bless you, and thanks again. Thank you, John. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, it's time to take a look at the economy. Our good friend Philip Patrick's here to make sense of all of the warning signs on the horizons of the U.S. economy. We'll be right back with that after this commercial break. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. So glad you can join us today and so glad that my good friend Philip Patrick is here. Of course, he's the precious metal specialist from Birch Gold Group and the guy that was telling you a year ago that we would be in the very place we are today with the U.S. economy. Philip, great to have you back on the show.
2: Thank you for having me, John. A pleasure as always.
0: It is eerie how accurate your predictions were in terms of where we were headed and And now I think we face this extraordinary moment with the possibility of war in Europe, the enormous bubble in both probably the the housing market and the the stock market. But the one that just keeps soaring on and, and continuing to rattle everybody is this trend on inflation. What do you make of the last month's inflation reports?
2: look they were bad um inflation up another 50 basis points it's now seven and a half percent year over year and the 20th consecutive month of of rising prices so inflation is here and it's here to stay the markets are now panicking Uh, initially we priced in about four rate hikes for 2022 now predictions have climbed to closer to seven or eight by the end of the year so instead of ending the year 1% up in federal funds rates, 2% plus seems increasingly likely. On top of that, next month, the Fed have indicated that they're going to potentially stop quantitative easing. So, In many respects, and if they follow through, this is going to be the end of an era for the markets here in the United States.
0: And when you say an end of an era, what do we mean? I mean, obviously, this has been a pretty solid market for quite some time, a bull market. What does the next era look like?
2: Look, the thing about it, the last decade has really been characterized by fiscal policy driving the market. So you know through quantitative easing the fed has essentially crowded out the private sector right they funded over 50 percent of government borrowing for the last decade over 30 percent of all mortgage-backed securities the fed has essentially single-handedly propped up not just stocks but also housing while at the same time enabling trillions of dollars in government spending This has become, I think, no longer a political issue, but an economic issue. And and you touched upon it. You know, this stimulus has distorted the markets and the pricing signals that they send to investors. If we end QE and zero interest rates, the implications that pricing signals will return to proper valuations and to many that could feel and, and look catastrophic.
0: Yeah, it does feel that way and, and I, a lot of the people I'm talking to are echoing now what you were saying months ago, which is the ratio of the value of stocks to actual revenues is so off the chart right now that when this bursts, it's going to be a painful moment. What does that moment look like when there is that correction in the market because the valuation of companies has to come down? How ugly a moment is that?
2: Yeah. I mean, it it could be rough. Right now, investors in the S&P are paying about $4.53 for every $1 of tangible value, otherwise known as, as book value. Now, this is where people struggle, right? A lot of people think as long as things are going up, then the market's good. But there has to be a distinction between the price one pays and value, right? And that's the problem. The value really isn't there today. As these pricing signals return, what we expect to see is a reversion to the mean. It's the closest thing to the law of gravity in finance. In terms of valuations today, that implies potentially a 40% drop in stocks And that's just to get back to historic averages. As an example, the last time real rates were this deeply negative was back in 1974. That year, the S&P index ended up 37% down. Now, you know, we talk about bubbles, and obviously you know, they have negative connotations. But I think when you're aware, it also creates some opportunities as well. So I think there are opportunities for people to capitalize on this year, for sure. It's not yeah. all bad.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I want to ask you one thing because the producer price index shot up to almost 10% in January, yeah. a near record high. That's usually a sign that those costs are about to be extended on the consumer price index. So the consumer starts to feel it. <laughs> this inflation trend probably is going to continue to accelerate. Is that right?
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. So the producer price index, I think it came in at 9.7%. And essentially, this tracks inflation, higher up the production chain, the raw materials used to produce. It is the most accurate leading indicator of rising street level of inflation to come. It's been the case, right? We've seen PPI higher, inflation rises, PPI higher, inflation rises. So everyone's expecting a continuation of that trend.
0: Yeah, pretty darn remarkable. So an ugly scenario we got a lot of things possibly a bubble bursting in the real estate market in the stock market inflation continuing to grow what opportunities does an investor have now to avoid big losses and try to gain uh, uh, you know get into a good position in the market
2: it kind of ties into what i touched upon very briefly look when you really analyze the numbers in the markets in the stock market it becomes quite apparent we have a bubble there now generally, bubbles have negative connotations, right? Because most people sit passively, the bubble bursts. So the implication is usually downside. But in my mind, the flip side of a bubble should be clear as well, right? If you're conscious of it, you can use it to your advantage. And I think anyone who's reducing exposure to the markets today in large part is doing that, right? They're selling it, close to all-time highs, right? Second highest multiple of earnings ever seen before in history, and they're banking a huge amount of gains. Then it just comes down to finding an asset that's suitable to weather the storm that we're in. And that's where I think, of course, precious metals work very well. Inflation drives them up. Market corrections drive them up. So there is always opportunity. It's just about seeing where it exists and as much as possible being preemptive. And I think we still have that opportunity this year
0: yeah and this is the period now to be preemptive right to get ahead of the storm and so you guys at at birch gold have been such a great partner with just the news and john solomon reports what can our listeners do and what can they take advantage of because of our partnership with birch gold to learn more and get into that preemptive mode
2: i think you summed it up well it's it's learn more right and what we have for your listeners we have a very in-depth information guide it will really guide them through the steps so you really understand what precious metals can do and how you can place them in your portfolio. And you know, for your listeners, I think they text just news to 989898 and they have direct access to all of that information as well as a lot of people like myself that are here to guide people through step by step by
0: step. Yeah, such an important thing. Folks, this book is amazing. I got it, it, it just educates you and if there's ever a moment to be educated, It is right now. We're at the bursting of this bubble moment. And Philip's been talking about this for a year, and everything he predicted a year ago has just tracked exactly to where we are. We are in a pretty difficult moment. When you look out, Philip, right now, and you see the instability in Europe and the possibility of a Russian invasion or conflict, and then you see also oil rising, any other things that we should be watching for as indicators that the market will be going in reverse at some point?
2: These are the big ones, right? Actually, Goldman Sachs came out with a report telling people to go long on gold, and what they cited was geopolitical instability, right? We're seeing that with Ukraine now, in the South China Sea as well. They cited inflation, which is here and rising. They cited, you know, bubbles in the markets or or concern with the market. So it's really everything that we have in front of us today is creating the perfect storm for metals. And like I said, all people really have to do, stay informed, get educated. And I think it will become clear the path to take to try and protect some of your retirement.
0: Absolutely the way to go folks go check out that pamphlet it's easy just text just news to 989898 to get that book get started today don't waste a minute this is an important time to get educated and begin to make the right moves so that you don't wake up some morning and watch a 10, 20, 30% of your investments, your hard-earned investments, go dissing a pairing. So, Philip, you've been so prescient. We love having you on the show. It's been such an important education for me and I think for all of our listeners. And I can't wait to get you back on next month and talking in about where we're headed. I look forward to it as always, John. Thank you so much for having me again. Oh, it's an honor to have you on. It really is. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages.
1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E
0: dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, that wraps up our special Saturday edition of John Solomon Reports. A special thanks to Ward Connerly for gracing us with so much time and having such a lofty conversation. The words he spoke about the lack of civility in America are so powerful, and they're so true. We need to get beyond our differences and find the common good in all of us as Americans. We can disagree without having to destroy. I think that's really one of the big things we've got to learn, and I thought Ward did that with such eloquence. Really grateful to have him on the show. All right, folks, remember tomorrow we've got a special edition of the podcast. Every Sunday now, we take some of the interviews I did on my TV show with Amanda Head on Real America's Voice, and we turn them into a really fun podcast. If you didn't get a chance to watch the TV show, well, guess what? Now you get a chance to at least hear the interviews while you're maybe out working in the yard or going for a jog on Sunday afternoon or having brunch after church. A new edition, I'm real excited, and I hope you enjoy it as well. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then have a blessed saturday enjoy your family have some fun we'll be back with you again tomorrow god bless and good night
3: hey there it's amanda head and i am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast furthermore with amanda head broadcasting weekly from sunny los angeles california and brought to you by the dynamic just the news podcast network on this fresh and engaging podcast i delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist exploring the furthermore Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.
0: At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion. Hunter Biden and the security and intelligence failures that preceded